my gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast, where we chat about sex, sexuality, and the body. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and as always, I'm delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society, and of course, me with the sex podcast. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack as it does help to keep the mics on or you can pop over to Apple and rate and review. You can also drop me a DM on Twitter or Instagram at Glow West Podcast. So today we are going to be all about the ass. Yeah, and we're talking all about the joys of anal sex today. So if you're of a delicate disposition, this is not the podcast for you. It never is. <laughs> so my guest today is an expert in this area. I'm talking to Luna Matadis, and she is a sex and pleasure educator with over 10 years of experience in sexual health and wellness internationally and locally. Her playful approach to sexuality draws on the creativity, confidence and communication skills that we all need to fulfill our pleasure potentials. She teaches people how to build a better relationship to their bodies, practice empathy with their partner's insecurities and needs and how to get curious about their erotic imagination. She also teaches classes on trauma, which are equity informed and include pleasure topics such as anal play, female dominance and how to have a threesome. And she's also the host of the Plug podcast, which is no surprise to hear, is all about anal sex. <laughs> so welcome along, Luna, anal sex queen. How are we today? <laughs> Don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a mad position to be in, isn't it? You're just like, my life revolves around anal sex. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this happened, but it did. And it's great. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like it's not really on the career guidance list when you're at school. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of the check boxes. Yeah, oh, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, well, I'm assuming along the way you must have had like some interesting experiences to make you go, do you know what? I'm going to teach people how to do this properly. Because, like, yes. I mean, there's a lot of negativity around anal sex, and you're obviously advocating for a lot of pleasure around anal sex. Yes, yes. I think I think I was watching porn like everybody else. And and I was like, oh, OK, like, how come this doesn't work like this in real life? And and it's uncomfortable and it hurts. And I'm worried about shitting on someone and I'm worried about someone shitting on me. And, you know, it doesn't seem to mirror the hotness that I'm seeing in porn. And I had actually taken a class on anal sex from a, a sex educator that was running a feminist sex shop in Toronto. And I was blown away way. Like I had no idea about anal pleasure anatomy. I thought it was all about penetration. Hadn't heard a lube, you know, had no idea, you know, what kinds of um, even the, the assumptions around anal sex. I didn't even ever really consider that I wouldn't be the receiver as someone with the vulva. And, and so I was like, wait, I could be like the giver, like this is awesome. So I, I thought I can't be the only one that doesn't know this stuff. Like where are people learning this stuff? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of, kickstarted my butt journey, <laughs> Your butt journey. <laughs> yeah. oh you need that on a t-shirt or something I do I do <laughs> yeah. Yeah. welcome to my butt journey oh or an autobiography title <laughs> oh my gosh yes you just titled it thank you there we go, there we go. <laughs> well I think like a lot of people and I suppose in, in this instance, I'm thinking specifically of um, hetero relationships, male and female. And, um, you know, when people who were like, oops, wrong hole or, oh, it just slipped in. And it's like, 
that's how you have an awful view of anal sex because that's not how you have healthy, happy, fun anal sex. Like there's preparation, there's obviously consent, there's so much more to it. But I think that's really common, that whole like, oops, kind of approach to it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to clarify for anyone listening, there is no such thing as surprise anal. It is not a thing. Anal training is a thing where we start to warm up the anus and we start to gradually increase the muscle and the tissue accommodating something penetrating it, whether that's a finger or a penis or a sex toy. But I think a lot of people have got this oops, you know, oops, wrong hole thing because it is a popular trope in in a lot of the sitcoms we see or like movies or 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 things like that where it just sort of happens. And it creates this idea that being the receiver is also a really passive role and that receivers don't have anything to do other than kind of just be open and and take it. Um, Whereas like the receiver can be a really active and should be really active in giving feedback around like slow it down or speed it up or I need more lube or let me do the the pushing onto you instead of you pushing into me. Uh, So we're kind of missing out on these opportunities to like deepen the pleasure if you're if all you're about is like oops I just want to slip it in before they notice and and you mentioned something really important like the consent piece which um and not only from a, a like a dignity and respect and and violation kind of perspective I mean we're also talking about creating experiences that are really positive for each other and so you know if someone kind of remembers this negative experience where they had to deal with pain or discomfort because their partner didn't ask them about anal sex uh then that stays with the body. Like the the body then locks onto that as a terrible experience. And no matter how much intellectually you're like, this is a different time, this is a different time, the body is still holding and trying to protect you. So that actually makes anal sex more difficult the next time you try. Yeah, and that makes such perfect sense as well. Like that is going to be painful because again, like you said, there's no lube or preparation and there's very delicate tissue there that are receptive to being torn quite easily. So yeah, your body would try and protect you from that. And again, if it's a non-consensual experience also. So so we'll throw the people who do that in the bin. We won't um, give them any good sex and talk to them anymore. So if we're talking with consenting partners and where everyone's all involved and everyone's yes, or tonight's the night we're having anal sex, that's it. I'm assuming preparation 101 is where we need to go with this. So obviously towels might be a thing. Um, (laughs) Protect your bed sheets. Because I think we're going to have to be a little bit honest here of like, there may be a bit of mess involved. Like we know what comes out of your ass that might still be there when you're having sex of whatever description. How do we prepare for a fun time when it comes to anal sex? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question because <clears throat> I think preparation is also key in kind of checking in with your own body and being like, oh yeah, like I'm I'm in the mood for this or I'm getting, you know, ready for this. It's kind of like grooming like you would for, for any other kinds of sex or dates. Um, and the first thing people usually think about is like, how do I clean my ass? And do I need these giant douche attachments in my shower? Do I have to call someone to install this or something? <laughs> and and you really don't. I think there, there are... A bunch of different ways that that you can prepare and it's totally up to you so i've seen things around where people are trying to douche with uh, different solutions or or cleansing things and really you shouldn't be putting anything in your ass other than warm water 
and and that's all that you need to kind of flush out whatever particles of feces that were left over from your last bowel movement. So if you've had a bowel movement earlier in the day, uh, you can flush out that area using something like, um, they're called like anal syringes. You can get them at the drugstore and they're, I, I call it the butt aisle, but it's the aisle where like, <laughs> like you find diarrhea stuff. It'll be there. It's not, it's not actually titled the butt aisle, although that yeah, would be interesting. <laughs> I know that'd be easy for us then we can navigate. <laughs> don't ask for that in the pharmacy. Don't go over the butt aisle. <laughs> don't ask the butt aisle, no. <laughs> and you're kind of just like flushing out the area. You could also use a warm uh, or a finger in the shower and just kind of sweep out that that initial area. But like you said, I mean it's a it's an anus. And so there there might be mess, there might be um, you know, kind of particles. I think what people are imagining is that they're gonna take like a huge dump on their partner during anal sex, and that's really unlikely to happen because we, a lot of times we don't understand anal anatomy. And so your bowel movement is up in your colon and anal sex is happening in the rectum. And so there, it's not kind of just hanging out, waiting to ruin your sexy time, um, but you might have some small types of mess. So a towel is a great idea. Uh, and then, you know, I think toys are actually a really good way to, to prepare for anal sex because they give you a chance, if you're the receiver, to really just sink into what your body is ready for. You might've been ready for something real big in your head and your eyes are bigger than your butthole, but you know, you might actually get a lot of comfort and pleasure out of something a little bit smaller. And so putting something like a small butt plug that's rounded, that has a flared base in your anus and then doing the sexy things that you already like. So if you like kissing, you like oral, you like cuddling, because that will relax the body and inherently increase arousal and blood flow around the anus so that you can take something bigger a little bit later. That's a really good point. Yeah, is you can put something there, leave it for a bit and then come back to it, which is like, that's a lot of realistic sex as well. It's not A plus B equals C. You can go back to A or back to B or, you know, skip A altogether or whatever. So that's really nice to hear. Also really glad to hear that you said toys with a flared base because that is really important because we don't want to spend our time in A&E having toys fished out of our backsides. <laughs> that, no, especially not during COVID. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Like those doctors are going to be relieved probably at like the fun part of that, but you're not going to be like, that's still going to be an experience that you don't want. So when we're talking flared base, is there like, is there a good amount of flare on the base? That's, that's kind of a good guide. Yeah, yeah. I think you want it to be about, um, I would say like three times the size of your anus. So if it's something that is a, a, there's like these beautiful, cute little small jeweled butt plugs, and sometimes their bases are a little bit too small, um, but you want something a little bit bigger. And if you're looking to put it in and keep it in while you're doing other things like maybe penetrative sex or oral sex, you want the base to be flared and a little bit curved. And so that way it kind of hugs your crack and it'll just kind of sit there and it won't pop out. If it's a little bit of a straighter base there's a chance that it might pop out while you're doing other stuff excellent that's that's a I suppose a line I didn't expect to be hearing all my life tonight, <laughs> but yeah absolutely yeah. well and I suppose one of the other things that I've seen when it comes well like you mentioned it a little bit earlier there the, the douching thing and only doing that with warm water because I've heard of people doing that with like like a saline solution or some kind of salt solution and then it feels like cramps and it feels like you're about to have like really bad diarrhea and like that wouldn't exactly leave you in the mood for having sex after that. Like, you, you know, we've all been there when we've had a really upset tummy and we're like not exactly in the mood for sex, especially in that area afterwards. So you're saying just warm water and that's it. 
Yeah, just warm water. Um, the reason being is like anything saline or alcohol based is going to irritate the tissue of the anus. And the tissue of the anus is way thinner and way more delicate than vaginal tissue. So it's more prone to tearing. So we just want to like flush it out. We're not looking to like scrub it clean. And if you are getting cramps when you're flushing yourself out, you're probably putting too much water in yourself because then it's kind of, you're giving yourself a colonic instead of, you know, just like, like getting things out. You shouldn't feel any cramping when you're flushing. So that's why I like the bulbs because it's kind of a controlled amount, whereas douches or attachments to showers, it really allows you to just pump as much water as you want. And you are kind of triggering the next bowel movement and giving yourself diarrhea instead of just, you know, flushing, flushing the area clean. Yeah, that, that's not what you want. No, no, <laughs> um, not hot. One of the porn stars I interviewed for my PhD was saying um, she was a, a, like a queen of anal. That was her whole thing. And but she would like take loads of emodium. Do you call them emodium in Canada? Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so that would stop any kind of bell movements for ages. But she was saying, just don't do that. Like it makes your hair fall out. It's just got so many side effects. And she's obviously a professional. Like this is her job. You know, she's having anal sex for hours and hours a day. And most of us aren't doing that um whether we want to or not most of us are not actually doing that so um maybe yeah lay off the emodium um i did see one piece of advice that was eating fiber pills or eating like fiber you know the solutions and stuff that you can get would that be an idea yeah yeah and i think having like a diet overall that's like good in fiber and that you're well hydrated that just means that your bowel movements are moving kind of more smoothly out of your body so they're less likely to leave any um, kind of particles behind. So I, I love that you mentioned things like Imodium and, you know, some people starve themselves the day of anal and like, that's really not necessary. It's, it's much more about kind of normalizing the fact that our bodies are doing things that our bodies do, even though we're having sex. So there might be mess in the same way that, you know, there might be urine during other types of sex or that are, you know, for people with penises, the pee hole is for ejaculate, but it's also for pee. So, you know, there's a little bit of pee in all the cum that's coming out of there um it's a small, it's a small area like there's a lot of gentles next to urethra urethras and yeah it's a there's gonna exactly. be some sort of fluid somewhere so yeah, yeah yeah but i love that i love the point yeah absolutely having like a, a good diet and if it's been you know um I don't know, a taco kind of day, you know, maybe it's not the day for anal. Yeah. <laughs> so also knowing your body, taco if you've Tuesday. got issues, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe no anal Tuesdays or taco Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the other things, you know, we spoke about this briefly, one of my bugbears, like, like I love a lot of porn, but a lot of porn is just so unrealistic. And it's just like the preparation of porn is like a quick spit and then a gigantic penis is just rammed into the anus and apparently that's all fine and you know that's great obviously it's that porn literacy leads us to believe obviously that's not the case and the camera has stopped and the person has prepped for hours and hours and all this kind of thing but then they're still using spit on screen and they're still you know going straight in and obviously that's not how real life anal sex works like we're massive fans of body safe lube on the podcast and instead of spit like how is spit still a thing when it comes to sex I don't get it. I, I think that the idea of spitting and entering might be hot or cute 
for somebody, but it's kind of like if you were, if your lips are dry and you lick them instead of putting on like chapstick or something or lip gloss, uh, it just doesn't give it the kind of texture that it needs to moisturize. And body safe lubes are a wonderful way to get that slipperiness, to create a velvety anus. So why wouldn't we want to do that? And I think there's also the idea that adding more lubrication somehow like decreases tightness or that it feels unnatural and that we're, you know, it's, it really is about, do you want to maximize pleasure in this moment? Yes or no? Yes. Use lube. No, you spit. So, and I think in porn, I'm not sure if the, if the, if like art imitated life or life imitated art, and we just kind of now have normalized that as cute, but you can spit and then also use lube. Like you can have both. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. If spitting is absolutely your thing, that's fine, but just add some lube to it as well. Yes, so we're just exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think people also forget to reapply lube after they've been penetrating. And so we just keep thrusting, thrusting, and that delicate tissue, especially around the out, the first part of the inside of the anus, it, it can get real tired real quick. And sometimes as the receivers, we don't know what that feels like. And it feels like this burning kind of sensation. So any kind of burning, any kind of discomfort, I mean, anal's not supposed to be uncomfortable. I mean, it can be an adjustment because our body is familiar with that area doing a different kind of job. Um, but if, if it feels like your body wants to stop, then we have to honor that. So I don't recommend using things like anal desensitizers or numbing creams or anything like that. That's really our body's way of communicating, hey, we need more lube or hey, we need to like stop and do something else. Absolutely. Yeah, those creams are not a good idea. Absolutely not. So, yeah. Um, you also do uh, work around, and I love this expression because I don't hear it every day, seducing the anus. But, like, that, like, bravo to you for coming up with that expression because that is just brilliant. And again, that's another t-shirt worthy expression or your autobiography expression. But talk to me about this because I'm somehow just picturing roses being clenched in a butt cheek <laughs> at the moment um, which is that bit but obviously I mean maybe maybe that's your thing but you know um, seduce how do you seduce an anus <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you like that I think it's it's such a great way of, of kind of understanding that much like the rest of our body that if we increase arousal we increase physiological factors for blood flow for pleasure for erogenous zone and so the more that that we can bring delight to the anus, the better that the anal sex is going to be, whether you enter an anus or not. And so I think seducing the butt is really about also appreciating that anal sex isn't just penetration, that the the butthole, so the, the outside of the anus, the pucker, has about 4,000 nerve endings. So why wouldn't we want to get into those cute little crinkles and, you know, put our tongue there or put a vibrator there or massage there? And, and that just adds to all of this relaxation for the body and for the, the sort of of your emotional self that's in this space. And the more that we can create seduction, the more that we can create tease, the more that we can create arousal, I mean, that just, it takes everything to the next level. It takes sensation to the next level. It takes comfort to the next level. It takes confidence to the next level because you've given this opportunity to not rush through things or like you said, like not have like a menu of like, we do this and then this and then this. We're actually being more present and seeing like what, what the butthole wants. Like, is it 
it ready for a finger today? Maybe. Is it ready for more vibration? Maybe. Is it ready for a prostate toy? Maybe. But uh, we don't really know that if we're just kind of have uh, an end goal in mind. If it's just penis in ass, that that's really limiting. And uh, it doesn't give that opportunity for seduction. But that's like, I suppose, vaginal sex. Like we think of sex as in, oh, sex is penis and vagina penetration. And it's not. There's so much more to sex. And that, and it's the same as calling certain things foreplay. It's it's not that's sex as well. So it's actually nice that you're saying you can tease the outside part as well, rather than I suppose you would think of anal sex as penetration only. So that's nice to kind of hear that it doesn't have to be. But what's also striking me there is what you're saying about um. Well, first off, the four thousand nerve endings sounds amazing because that's about half that the clitoris has. So that's also awesome. But the people who've had that negative experience of people going, oh, wrong hole or whatever, that's a really nice way, I think, to maybe get comfortable with it again, to show that like, oh, here, like we're not going inside. You don't have to worry about that. You can just, you know, forget about that aspect. Let's explore the outside. And I think that would be a really nice way to get comfortable around it and then see if you want to explore more or you don't have to. But it's just a nice way to kind of include that aspect of your body back into pleasure again so yeah that's that's really nice I'm really glad that you've said that so um your pucker as you said I don't know if we'd use that over here <laughs> but um yeah <laughs> but that I suppose that's where things like rimming come in you know we were talking um on a recent podcast about oral sex um with TV passion and we were talking about oral sex for vulvas but we we're including um the anus in it as well and how you know eating ass has become the thing for like you know modern times and stuff like that as well so um um, do you have tips on how to do that safely? And to, again, I'm sure people are still worried about cleanliness and hygiene and stuff as well when it comes to that. Yeah, I like that eating ass is the thing. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are at. We have COVID and eating ass. That's like, yeah. Sometimes um, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes at the same time, yeah. Uh, I think eating ass is, is amazing. I love eating ass. I like my ass getting eaten. And I think it's partly because of like, there's nerve endings there. But there's also for some people, the eroticization of the activity as either naughty or intimate or, you you know, kind of taboo. And so we get excited by these feelings that um, can drive more physical pleasure. And so if you're, if you're having a little bit of, I, sometimes I have clients that are, have a little bit of a, a brain barrier to, they want to eat ass, but they're, you know, we're conditioned with rightly so lots of sanitation and hygiene information about that area. So it's hard to kind of think about, I'm putting my face where people do this thing and um, you have options. And so you, you definitely can use a barrier like a dental dam or non-microwavable like cling wrap or saran wrap and so that it creates a, a barrier that still conducts heat and still allows your tongue to give all of the motions that that it can to an anus um, without putting your mouth directly on somebody's butt if you want to put your mouth directly on somebody's butt you want to make sure that they've cleaned the the asshole part so they actually don't need to clean inside but the outside of the anus and so I've heard folks describe it as like a sniff and visual test you know, like if you can't smell anything and if there's, you know, there's there's nothing visible there, um, that's totally okay. You don't need to shave your ass to get your ass eaten. That's a preference for some people. They, they find it more sensitive, but you can have a hairy butthole and still get it eaten. Um, and and when we're, we're kind of doing techniques for, for that area, one tip I love to give is that you, you kind of have to vary what you're doing. And so because your tongue's going to get tired. And so you might want to 
to use other parts of your face. Like you've got your chin, that's a different texture. You've got your nose, that's a different texture. You can play with speed. You can play with rotation and just seeing what works for someone and remembering that they also have, you know, the rest of their body. So use your hands, grab their butt cheeks, you know, grab onto their thighs or reach around for their genitals. Um, Cause that can also like help them sink into the experience and, and really enjoy what you're doing. I think what you're saying there as well, yeah, if you're grabbing around the genitals, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are absolutely, oh, no, anal sex is off limits. But they probably would actually really enjoy it if they kind of let go of the patriarchy and let go of like, oh, this is not what men do, all that kind of thing. And actually allow themselves to kind of explore it and go, okay, like this is where they like strap on play and pegging is like really really popular amongst people but it's still this kind of it's a little bit stigmatized especially for men who would outwardly identify as straight and you know again pegging has nothing to do with your sexuality at all but some people who are very much no 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 definitely what this isn't my thing so how do you how do you get someone comfortable around that if they've indicated that actually they want to try it but they're too wrapped up still in the the stigmatization and the oh i'm not gay even though of course it doesn't mean that you're gay but yeah like do you know what I mean when like all those media discourses around that and again so how do you how do you break through all that nonsense yeah I love that you're talking about this because I think in this internalized homophobia is is just like not serving anybody because everyone has an anus it's the great gender equalizer and when we talk about the 4,000 nerve endings like that's very close to the amount of nerve endings that are on the tip of the penis and it also has you know tissue that that fills up with blood flows it's not necessarily erogenous tissue but it does have similar features to the other parts of our bodies that we like getting touched during sex so it makes sense physiologically, but there, there is this mental barrier for people um, about what it says about them. And even though we know that, you know, not all gay men have anal sex or like anal sex. And so it's not necessarily attached to sexuality. That's what we've been fed through, like rightly so you said, like the patriarchy and um, kind of a, a gender binary. So I think if, if you have this and, and you're feeling like, or you know your partner has this and you want to have a conversation about it, it would be great to focus on what you would like to feel or experience. And so this might be, maybe you want to feel like the receiver instead of the giver. Maybe you want to feel um, submissive. Maybe you want to feel dominant and your partner is serving you in this way. Maybe you want to feel um, like you're both going to have your face in each other's. You're going to do a 69, but that kind of focuses on um, anal oral. And so it's kind of like broadening the story beyond just the activity. And so tell your fantasy from a perspective of like, oh my God, yeah, like I thought about you eating my ass while you were wearing this hot outfit and I was just like looking at you and thinking about how sexy you'd be that's a lot easier to connect to in multiple ways and it gets our erotic imagination in there and that beast can like take over any of the stuff that we think are inappropriate or we think is like oh I shouldn't be doing this um and then it can also help to play with your own anus during masturbation and so get a butt plug, get a vibrator, use your finger, because uh, that also helps connect your body to your your mental experience of pleasure. And so then when you take it into um, a situation with a partner, you have an idea of what feels good and, and it can help you kind of settle into the feelings and sink into the feelings and then get out of your head. 
Well, because, yeah, I think the, the prostate is a very much neglected part of sex for a lot of people who have them. It's it's just like this uncomfortable thing you go to about the doctor about once you're over 40 and he he feels it. But it, it's such a like prostate and prostate milking and prostate massaging is actually just an enormously pleasurable part of sex for people who have them. But it's just completely neglected from from so much. And it's such a pity. Yeah. Yeah, they're missing out. It's like your your hotspots in your butt. So like even trying to stimulate the prostate through the the perineum, the space between the genitals and the anus, uh, you can stimulate it gently from externally with just using like knuckles and pressure up towards the front of the body. And and that for some people can be like, whoa, okay, that feels good. Imagine what it would feel like if we got more direct stimulation. And so exploring your body with curiosity rather than expectation can be a little bit of an easier way to sink into stuff. Yeah, and, and letting go of those societal expectations and prescriptions because it doesn't mean anything and you don't have to redefine your whole sexuality if you discover you like book play. Like it has absolutely zero impact on your identity. It's just a bit of your body that has some nice feelings attached to it. So yes. Um, yeah, happy days. So, well, so if you were advising people then if they were going to buy toys, we've already mentioned the flared base, but what about things like anal beads or vibrating toys or, you know, uh, you know, the giant fists can be a bit intimidating. You know, if you go into a shop and you're just like, oh my gosh, that thing's the size of like a Coke bottle or something like that. And you're like, maybe that's not for like beginners as such. You, you, know, you got to work up to that. <laughs> I see that one. <laughs> But, yeah, um, yeah. I, I love those fists. I kind of just want one just as decor in just, my house. Yeah. <laughs> I could decorate like my fist mystery or something. Like it'd be cute. Like, <laughs> I could totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think when you're you're first starting to look for toys, um, you want to look for toys that that have kind of a, a rounded tip, and so that they're not super pointy, because that's a little bit of an easier entry into uh, the butthole, into the rectum. Um, and you want to keep it. I mean, if you can get one finger in, then your toy really shouldn't be bigger than two fingers wide. And anal training is the idea that we're gradually training the muscle and the tissue. So the tissue we want to get tougher and the uh, muscle we want to get more expansive. And so that comes in the same way that other muscles in our body. If you try to do the splits today and you've never done the splits, like you're going to have to work your way up to it. Um, so when you're, you're looking at toys, you want toys also that have, um, as a beginner, you want to have the neck of the toy be pretty thin. So don't look for these kind of fat sort of um, triangle shaped kind of butt plugs that have a wider bottom. Um, they kind of are, I think they're a little bit more for intermediate people. Um, you also want to look for the material of the toy for it to be pretty firm. It doesn't have to be glass or stainless steel. That can be sometimes too firm for people uh, who are just starting out, but you don't want it floppy. And so I don't recommend any of the rubber or jelly toys. If they have a scent to them, they're also really hard to clean. They're porous. And so we can't really get the bacteria out of them. And you don't want your toys smelling like butt stink. And you don't want to, you know, carry the butt stuff from the first to that session into your session on Friday. No. And so, <laughs> yeah. So treat your butt good, you know, get good toys. <laughs> And it, when that, yeah, like absolute body safe toys go for the anus as well. So, yeah. And well, what do you think of those sets that you can get, you know, where it's like you, you can graduate. It's like small, medium, large, like the Goldilocks of butt toys. <laughs> <You can try laughs> all at once. There's, there's no porridge to go with it, but 
you know, I love those. I think they're great. I think um, if you're, if you're just like, okay, like I want to work up to penetration, that's an awesome kind of set. If you're someone who is just kind of exploring and you're like, not really sure where you want to go with it. I think getting a, a combination of similarly sized toys and maybe just a little bit bigger than each other, but of different um, styles or shapes, like you mentioned vibration or anal beads, those can give anal, um, they can give the rectum an anal massage. Basically the beads are sort of like rubbing against the muscle and that can be really pleasurable. Um, so get yourself a little bundle, little butt bundle and, <laughs> and see, and don't forget the lube, get the lube. The lube has <laughs> like, to go. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. We can never like buckets of lube. We can never have <laughs> enough lube when it comes to that. So, yeah. So I think when we're talking about again about preparation, if we're talking about penetration now, like the idea, I think that again, again, we see it in porn a lot is like it's seamless entry, and that's not the case in re- real life for, for most of the time, and for most people, that it might be, you know, you might move in a little bit and then stay there for a while and go in a little bit more but it's something that probably is best not to be rushed to take your time with with that penetration especially if it's something that's bigger than a finger maybe yeah absolutely i think um slow is seductive and um also letting you can let your person who you're penetrating um back it up onto whatever so they can push their body uh, to allow to their control of the depth of penetration and the the pace of penetration so you can hold your penis or your finger or the sex toy and allow them to kind of slide down on it for whatever is comfortable you might also want to try different positions i think in porn we see a lot of like doggy style but in doggy style I find it exhausting because you're holding your body up so there's a natural like tense kind of um, uh, grip to your muscles which is it's going to connect to your pelvic floor which is going to affect your anus and so you know using things like props for the body so sex cushions or fold a pillow in half and prop it up under someone's pelvis so that your partner is as relaxed and as comfortable as possible and um, a penetration even with fingers I think is interesting the how people approach it because we kind of go like a beeline straight into the butthole like a like a I don't know some sort of like pilot into the butthole <laughs> and <laughs> and it's it's more about approaching it from the the kind of the bottom of the butthole so we want to sort of if you if you picture your finger standing straight up and then curving that's kind of the motion that that we want to be able to get into the butthole so an entry almost as if you were pressing a doorbell and then sort of slowing your slowly entering your finger into the anus that just works with the way that the anal tissue stretches that makes sense yeah and and that anal tissue at the start is quite it's quite strong like it's i'm trying to picture some a a movie that i'm oh it's gone out of my head now but i'll come back to it but yeah it's that's where where like the if you don't have that flared base it can kind of get sucked in so those initial muscles can be quite the sphincter can be quite strong so um i suppose once you get past that it's a bit easier the pressure is a bit less on whatever yeah. whatever is going in that far um so then we're, we're reminding people then i suppose like lube 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 keep pause stop put some more lube on start again put some more lube on um and i suppose that's where the towel comes in handy as well <laughs> it's kind of, yes <laughs> like it may very well be a very messy experience and, and for some people that's the best thing ever for others who might have maybe more sensory issues or whatever that that I suppose extra bit of fluids and everything else might be a bit of an issue kind of thing um what well how else I suppose can we enjoy anal sex so we've talked about rimming we've talked about fingers we've talked about toys we've talked about penises 
if you don't have any of those, <laughs> is there any, I mean, some people use vegetables or household objects or, you know, things like this. Is there anything that's completely off limits? I mean, we've, I think, do you remember that video of the guy putting the glass, um, pint glass up his ass and then squeezing oh, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm scarred after that. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> I know sometimes it's it's part of our fantasy to kind of, you know, have a certain kind of thing in our ass. Um and I I I really am all about the flared base, but I think if you do choose to put something in your butt like a carrot or, you know, a vegetable, put a condom on it so that that it also helps protect you from any bacteria or any jagged edges that that might happen. Um and we definitely don't want to put things in our ass that that can break because I mean a pint glass is is made of a different material than like a glass butt plug which is denser which is closer to like baking glass that you put in the oven um so you know if you have a fantasy of glass just treat yourself and and get a damn glass butt plug yeah, that, <laughs> like, like work oh with my it. gosh like that for <laughs> the, the consequences of that is not worth it <laughs> like it's no. just not a pleasant thing no. it's not yeah <laughs> and i also think that there's so many fun toys that are that are out there that are often marketed just to women or people with vulvas and like really any of these sex toys can be used on almost anybody's body. And so if your partner has, you know, a wand style vibrator, or maybe they have a G-spot vibrator, like these are things you can also use externally. And so we can put them against the perineum and during masturbation, we can put them against the butthole Um we can play with insertion through other types of toys. Like you don't necessarily have to go out and get a specific butt plug or a specific uh, prostate toy, although those help. And the other thing to keep in mind is that if you're putting stuff in your anus to stimulate things like the prostate or um, you know, the prostate really requires like firm stimulation. And so if you put a carrot in your butt, it's probably not going to get you the kind of stimulation that you want. And it also requires a particular angle. And so usually we're getting indirect direct prostate stimulation if we're putting um, straight objects into into the into the ass um, so having fingers fingers are our best sex toys and like they're they're always around and we can do the things but sometimes they do get tired and so if you want to have something that that gives that kind of special stimulation or you're looking for a fullness or like you're desiring a particular sensation um, having having like using an actual toy is way better than trying to find something that's butthole shaped in your house you know <laughs> I mean or walking around the supermarket going would that work would that work yeah you're like how about that pepper is that like, yeah so optimistic now with that one but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh well it was and I think one of the biggest trends I suppose we well not that we've seen recently it's not like porn invented this or anything like that but things like double penetration or you know like they're massive in porn, but they're also massive in real life as well. And they have been for decades and centuries and, and millennia probably as well. But how can we do that kind of safely? So for some people, it's, you know, you're getting a toy or there's it's there's actually more than one person involved. You know, how are we doing that safely when it comes to things like hygiene or just like practicalities as well? 
Yeah, yeah. Double penetration is a, a big fantasy for, for a lot of people, whether it's double in the anus or if it's one in the anus, one in the vagina. Um, so you have options. You can you can use double-ended dildos. I mean, if you're on your own, you can double penetrate yourself for sure. Or if you're doing it to a partner and you, you're not using your own body. Um, you can also, there's amazing strap-on harnesses for people who have penises. And so you have a space for your penis and a dildo. So you could be the, you know, two dicked beast and like go for your <laughs> go for your partner um, <laughs> or there's or you could strap That's on two dildos onto there <laughs> two dicked beast yeah <laughs> we need to start a t-shirt butt company because like yeah this is a thing yeah. <laughs> i love that or even yeah there are, please tell me there's a sex toy called the two dicked beast because if not like that's we need to make that I don't think there is. We have to make this. No one, no one copyright this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ours. Yeah. We called it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with double penetration, there's also so much um, in porn that has distorted, like how long it takes, or you know what is comfortable, and the anus does tear. And so we don't want to tear the anus. If you get a fissure or if you have a fissure or if you have hemorrhoids or if you have IBS, you know, all of these things could create conditions where it's anal sex becomes a little bit more um, complicated to manage. It's not impossible, but fissures take a really long time to heal and you don't want to, it, it's better to, to kind of practice double penetration with smaller things and just get used to the idea that there are two things in one hole or two things in two holes and then slowly train that body to move up. So double penetration is not like, hey, babe, after dinner, we're going to do double penetration tonight. No, we're going to try, you know, to to have some fun with both holes or one hole and we're going to see what fits. And so I would even recommend like using smaller dildos if you're using a penis. So have the penis in someone, if you're doing two in, in the ass, you're going to have the penis in someone or the dildo in someone and then either a smaller dildo or slip in two fingers. And the fingers can kind of help you manipulate the tissue and massage it slowly so that we're not giving it a shock that's trying to stretch it beyond what it's comfortable with yeah I uh, yeah again porn literacy like it, it's like because like double and triple penetration happens so quick in porn it's like oh you've one penis in there now we're going to put in another one and it's like that's just asking for a disaster when it comes to real life sex that's definitely not a thing and then I suppose something else that we see in porn like really it's like the norm now is like ass to mouth so atm so not the bank card machine version. <laughs> i always think that now when i see the bank machine i'm like ass oh yeah no <laughs> yeah. You're, you're doing your job too much now I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's you know the, like the hygiene aspect of things like that of you know you're if you're directly pulling something out of an ass and putting it into your mouth so atm means ass to mouth I mean, that you're kind of asking for a bit of trouble there as well when it comes to hygiene aspects, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it looks really sexy and... Um and it, it can be. I mean, there's lots of people who like fingers in their ass and then fingers in their mouth. And I mean, I think you can you can still have the fantasy while decreasing your risk. So you could have, you know, a condom on your penis in, in somebody's butt and then whip off a condom and then put their mouth on on the penis. And so, you know, you're it, it, it's a step in between and maybe you're not using condoms with your partner, but like for this specific fantasy, you might want to. Um, and then I've read stuff that also talks about ass to mouth 
as, uh, you know, if it's a, if, if you're the person who's receiving that, it has a, a healthy GI system and, and they're okay. It's really just returning that the same bacteria into their body. And so if your person has an upset stomach or if your person is dealing with things, I mean, if your person has E. coli, you know, <laughs> it's, it's probably not a good idea to no. do, to do ass to mouth. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's like a power thing as well, isn't it? There is something about that, like, you know, and, and a lot of anti-porn discourse, it's like, oh, that's very degrading. But like degradation is in the eye of the beholder and it's a very subjective thing. And a lot of people kind of get off on degradation and humiliation as well. And, and for whatever reason, it just works for them. So maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think like degradation doesn't have to be defined one way. And and also people can find acts that are degrading and they can kind of rebrand it into their own um, erotic intimacy. And so it could just be really uh, like primal. It could be about like, oh, I just want like all of you and more of you and your scent. And like, we just want to mix everything. Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be degrading. I think when you're doing ass to, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing ass to vagina. And because the vagina is a completely different ecosystem, whereas like you're returning the GI stuff back to your GI tract, but um, your vagina would have um, its own little ecosystem of bacteria. And so it's really easy to mess that up or to get it near the urethra and get butt bacteria. So butt stuff should stay in the butt for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no one likes a UTI. And I mean, that's where oh. if that anal bacteria is getting into your urethra, I mean, then you got to get antibiotics and go to doctor and pee and it stings. And so, no, like you're, you're taking a couple of weeks out of your, out out of your life and it's just no, no fun (laughs) at all. So, um, yeah. Uh, one of the other questions that I was asked to ask you from, um, one of my patrons was does size matter when it comes to anal sex? Now they didn't specify if that was a toy or a body part, um, I know you've kind of touched on it anyway already, but I suppose we can kind of dive into that a little bit more. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, you intended it. Um, <laughs> Always. <laughs> we'll just get right in there. Um, <laughs> I think uh, size size matters in the sense that you don't necessarily need to have a lot of size in order to have a lot of anal pleasure. Um, because of the way that the nerve endings are surrounding the, the outside of the rectum through the, the butthole, um, anything that's penetrating through there, whether it's a finger or whether it's an eight inch dildo. I mean, they're, they're going to be stimulating those nerve endings. Some people like the feeling of fullness. And so you can achieve that feeling of fullness by um, using items that, that are bigger, like using bigger toys or bigger penises. But um, you can also achieve that through using toys that are weightier. And so some toys have like weights inside of them, or they're made of things like solid stainless steel or solid glass. And that weightiness can give the same kind of stimulation to the rectum that a bigger object might be. Now, for some people, size is also a fantasy. And so they kind of feel like, oh, yeah, like I want that fist in my butt. But, you know, really, they can take a pinky comfortably. And so (laughs) so you you can play up that fantasy if you know a little bit more about it, if their fantasy is about like taking it or if their fantasy is about like being helpless or submissive or whatever. Um, You can use other kinds of erotic intentions to help that fantasy feel good and and still manage the the expectations of the butt and that it's not ready for a fist i love the expectations of the butt (laughs) 
<laughs> another another t-shirt title but... i know right it's a whole line of clothing we have like exactly. yeah well speaking of clothing you do have some some range of clothing with peg the patriarchy on it which is amazing so talk Thank to me you. about that because again you know that's pegging but also peg the patriarchy is just such a perfect succinct and my words are failing me tonight succinct Oh, you know what I mean? Short. Uh, I got it. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talk to us about that, because I just think that's such a great slogan to have on a T-shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I trademarked that in 2015. I came up with it and um, I actually just made it as a shirt for myself. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to wear this to Toronto Pride. Um, and then it just blew up. And I was like, whoa, people like this. And they have the same affinity like I can hear it in your voice too like the same like yes like that is it and it's it's so different than fuck the patriarchy because I mean peg the patriarchy it we're talking in a sexual context but it's also about subversion and it's about subverting this oppressive system that affects all genders and the patriarchy has no gender and so when we're saying peg it it's like no like we want to flip it on its head and take the power away from it and so pegging as a fantasy can sometimes embody that same kind of vibe of like you know power but it also could be sensual and it could also be whatever but peg the patriarchy is is much more about um you know like let's like turn this you know kind of phallic power that that's been been given out there into uh, more of a subversive act around our our politics yeah so it's kind of like equity and like sex mashed together in really cool alliteration It's pleasure yeah. activism as well of, you know, yes. we, can, we can change things through sex, you know, sexual revolution stuff and, and everything else. So, yeah, fair play. Um, I have to treat myself to one of the, the T-shirts as well. I can wear that around town. Oh, my so. gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we'll put it on the cover of all of our books that we're going to like write <laughs> yeah. in the T-shirt. Yeah. I'll, I'll six of them. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> be busy (laughs) you're an absolute joy to talk to thank you so much and I know like we'll come back to you because again I'm sure we're only again touching the surface of of the anus we're only touching those 4,000 nerve endings (laughs) at the moment so and where can people find you because you do a lot of online workshops as well at the moment right yeah yeah I teach so many online workshops and I just launched my new website so they're all beautiful and up there um it's lunamatadas.com so it's like hakuna matadas but luna matadas um and uh I teach live but you also get a replay so I know we're in different time zones so maybe that's not always possible but your ticket comes with a replay and I'm I'm on Instagram and Twitter but I feel like these platforms are not sex friendly anymore so my website's the best place excellent yeah unfortunately um anal sex doesn't go down too well on instagram <laughs> nope uh, these days so she look we'll see but yeah and so that's your website is leonimatadis.com yes yes perfect yeah. brilliant and yeah. we have that in the notes as well so brilliant listen thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute joy and i hope everyone goes off and does peg the patriarchy after I this hope so, too. so <laughs> it has a lot of fun so may 2021 be the year of trying out some anal sex if we haven't tried that out already <laughs> we'll get there oh, thank um, you so much for having me <laughs> it's, no it's been an absolute joy thank you and thank you to all my listeners as well i hope you really enjoyed our filthy lovely <laughs> stigma busting chat um you can drop me a line on twitter and instagram it's at Chloe West podcast um, as, as I said the top of the hour if you want to support via Patreon that's awesome too we really appreciate that so that's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack hopefully soon we will have live podcasts up and running once that vaccine comes into play
say we will be there in 2021 live in public and you can drop me a dm if there's any topics that you want to cover or just reach out and ask for tips on anal sex no i'll send it to luna for that one (laughs) brilliant listen thank you so much and i'll see you next week